Hello and welcome back to another episode of Reliable Talk. This is the Maintain Podcast. Hope everyone's keeping well. Thank you all for tuning back in again with me. Um, apologies, I said I was going to release this last week, but um, we've had so much going on in the background and we've had so much going on behind the scenes. And today was a special day, actually, because I wanted to announce a few things. As well, I wanted to actually as well touch on sort of different types of maintenance as well and just just talk through them really and just try to explain my sort of viewpoint of why like condition-based maintenance is the future and why it's so effective and some of my experiences with it in terms of um, where, we've, where we've worked before in the past and how our presence has really sort of changed the culture and sort of uh, changed the philosophy in terms of of like reliability in general really because I think a lot of the time when you're doing something like anything in life when you're doing it um, a lot for a long period of time it starts to become automatic and it starts to become an automatic process and when you start to inspire change in anything when, when you haven't done it before it can create some velocity with some people can create you know some sort of disruption but but then moving into the future we can see the the benefits and the efficiency we're actually here to help people so yeah I think it'll be quite interesting to go through the different types of maintenance and um, sort of see where our services sit with that and just to go through my experiences really in terms of like good experiences and the bad do you know what I mean in terms of trying to create a new culture change and try to be able to do things a little bit better and more efficiently so First of all, I'd like to thank everybody that tuned into the first podcast. We had a great response, honestly. It was uh, it was quite overwhelming, really, because I think we had like 50 downloads in the first couple of days, which I was not expecting, do you know what I mean? So, you know, I am new to the podcast world, um, and this is all very new to me. So, But I'm also very, really humbled and grateful the fact that there's so many people and, and reliability experts and people that are so much, so passionate about reliability, sort of commenting and getting involved with this, um, which really sparked an idea, actually. You know, I mean, the first podcast sparked an idea to, to sort of set up something else in the pipeline, which I will be going over today as well. So that is really exciting news. And it's a place where all the reliability experts and everyone within my network um, who does work in condition monitoring or reliability or asset care can come together and actually have a chat and have discussions. So I will be revealing real soon. But um, first of all, I would like to go through some new announcements uh, for maintaining condition monitoring. Really exciting stuff, you know. I started my, my company three and a half years ago, and it's been the, probably the most incredible thing I've ever done in my life. Do you know what I mean? I've really um, created something there where I wake up every single morning, and I'm just so excited to go to work, and I'm so excited to just crack on with the, the daily tasks and um, really help the customers out that I've got and really just you know every single customer I've got is different which is great and I think every single day is a new challenge and we, you almost sort of like it, it's never something like it's not it's not really monotonous it's not it's not reoccurring it's, it's something new every single day that we see uh, that we experience in our in our job every day that that really makes me want to get up and go do you know what I mean so um, I'm really grateful to be involved with this and really grateful to have my own company in regards of condition monitoring and um, reliability as well. So these these announcements for me are just just huge milestones, you know what I mean? Because it's always where I wanted my company to go. And I've always had the belief that it can go there, do you know what I mean? But it's just obviously just doing it, you know what I mean? Just implementation of the tasks and actually getting to a place where you can say, do you know what? This is great. And obviously the expansion of the company in times like this are also, just, I'm just so grateful that we can do this still now um, because I've never really been the one that, you know, lets external circumstances sort of dictate 
the success of my company. But you know, times right now are really hard for certain companies, and I've I've seen the I've seen the damage caused, you know, on LinkedIn and stuff like that. So my heart goes to all of you that have you know potentially been made redundant or. Do you know what I mean? Not, not, or, or seeking new opportunities for work and stuff like that. My heart goes to you guys. Keep looking. Um, there's some great engineers out there that I know that have, um, that are looking for new opportunities. But, so, but remember, I think the one thing to remember is, regardless how hard times get, when one door closes, another one may open, and you may find yourself with a new challenge or a new situation that previously you'd never found if you had not gone that route so try to stay positive guys i know it's difficult out there at the moment but my heart goes to everybody who was uh you know potentially struggling to find new work you will find it there's a lot of great engineers out there just have to ride through these hard times at the moment so um let's get into the announcements <laughs> which is um incredible um like I've always wanted a new website, right? And it was all very difficult the last couple of years because I've been so busy in the process of, of actually carrying the work out. And I was never really happy with the website. So we have a new website dropping, okay? And the new website is um, a lot more interactive, uh, a lot more visually aesthetic in terms of the way we wanted it to look. Do you know what I mean? And it really represents the passion that I've got for, uh, for condition monitoring. And I, that's what I wanted to really represent with the website as well. I really wanted it to, uh, to match the brand image of us being passionate about reliability. So the new website is up at www.maintaincm.co.uk. Um, have a look, guys. Check it out. I'd love to, I would love to have some feedback as well. And but I, mean, I think the main thing about the website that I'm, I'm, I want to talk about and I want to shout about is that Two weeks ago, when I when we released the first podcast, we received an incredible, incredible response to it all, and it was just it was quite overwhelming, really. And, and do you know what? It, it I knew how many people are passionate like me about reliability, but it just shows that you know it's a, a podcast talking about these concepts um, can really get people engaged and inspired with the job. And like you know, even for me, I even listened back to it, and it was just great to listen back to and. To have something that I enjoy so much and to have uh, you know, a community around that that are so passionate, that love it just like I do, that, that really inspires me to be able to create something. So I was thinking, um, what could we do to really create something even more so? How could we extend this a little bit? And a reliability for forum was something that popped into my head. And it was like, do you know what? If we could set something up where we can you know, all have user profiles and we can all comment on different issues or different problems within a separate place from LinkedIn, which I think is quite important because um, I think LinkedIn is a great place to be asking for help, but necessarily sometimes it can turn into um, an unhelpful situation where you've got loads of people commenting different ideas and not really thinking about the issues or problems or the spectral analysis that they've put up on a post. It's kind of like, They'll just come in with the first comment what comes to mind. Whereas a forum is more of a place where you think about it a little bit. You, you may have an issue or problem with, with, with a spectrum or you may be a vibration analysis engineer and you may need some advice or help. And there's, it's, there's a way you can upload photos that um, allows you know to have really good, reliable answers to come back to you. So it's, it's, an, it's a place where we can talk about issues, problems and talk about potential things that we may be unsure about but as well as a place to communicate and have a community around reliability and community around different issues and problems engineering as well not just condition monitoring and I really wanted to make it something that caters for a lot of different elements 
and um, has loads of different subheadings as well. So if it, if it is an alignment problem that you want to know about or you want to talk about different types of equipment or you wanted to talk about different types of engineering like services in terms of like change and bearings and the right practice and what what practices that do you do you find work for you do you know what I mean and talk about reliability and oh I, I could just go on for days I could just go on for days it's just um I mean I think at first uh thinking about it got me really excited so the forum is something we've set up now um what we will be releasing soon um on a YouTube video is how to sign up to that and that will be this week. So once we get all of that going and we get all that running, that would be great. Which leads me on to my next announcement. There's a lot here. There's a lot going on here. Um, uh, this forum has been, and, and the website have been massively um, implemented by my new employee, which I've not announced yet. He's been working for me for one month. So Will Crane has come on board. And this is probably the biggest announcement I'll ever make because I think the first guy that I brought onto my team that was always my aim to be able to grow the business so we can help more people but he's helped out massively with creating a new website and creating a forum as well and he's been a major key player in all of that which is I'm so grateful for as well because um, when it comes to IT I'm, I'm good but this guy is incredible and he's really really sort of just up the levels on a on a digital point of view for for us as a company and as well, like, created a, the, the forum really as well, really. You know what I mean? My ideas has been put into it, but he's been the creator. You know what I mean? So um, I'd love to welcome Will onto the team. He's been great the first month. And he will be in with me with another podcast, purely describing the forum features and everything that we can be able to offer on that, um, which we'll get into more detail later on. Um, there's only so much I can say about it because Will was the, the, the key driver in getting these things doing. And two Wills as well. We've got Will Batwell, Will Crane. And the funny thing is as well, I said, I said to Will, um, where there's a Will, there's a way. And now there's two Wills, like, there's always a way. <laughs> Which sounds cheesy, but, um, you know, it's, it's great, isn't it? It's great. So, yeah, um, incredible news that we've got someone on board. He's been working really hard the last month or so getting these things together um and and you know what, what what we'll do we'll do a separate podcast we'll do a separate video in terms of how the forum works how to get signed up how we can start participating in this great new community do you know what i mean so massive news for me i'm so excited to be announcing all of this as well um which is great and this is the last announcement and once once we go through that we'll then talk about different types of uh maintenance which i think we go into a bit, a bit of a different subject and we'll talk about um, the different types and sort of why I think condition-based maintenance is is the future and why it's so why why it's so effective as well, really. So the last announcement I'm going to make is that we have a new service as well. We've just invested um, in some incredible proof technic laser alignment gear. Um, we got the Optoline um, Touch, which is incredible, incredible gear. So. We can now start doing uh, alignments. And now I've got Will on board as well. It's a lot easier for us to do this. It's something I've always wanted to do. And I've done a lot of alignments with my previous company before. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a, it's a great it's a great element to be able to identify an issue with, with vibration analysis or, um, you know, like, you know, physical detection and, and, and actual, you know. And it's, it's great to be able to detect issues. But at the same time, it's great to be able to rectify them as well. And I think that's always one I wanted to push the business where we can actually say, right, here's the vibration data to, to, to indicate as an issue. Um, 
here's us coming in to align it and show you the the, the data with with how misaligned it was to, to where it was after we did the alignment and here's the vibration data to show the fallen vibration i mean that from start to finish is something that you know we can detect the issues and have the solution and have everything wrapped up in one which i i've always wanted to work towards you know what i mean so yeah laser alignment something i'm really excited about it's something that we now offer so if you are interested in any of that please drop me a message on linkedin or drop us an email on info at maintain cm.co.uk so guys that's enough of the announcements there's enough of me i'm not here to do that uh, we're here to talk about reliability and talk about different elements and different things that we can all have a think about and maybe have a comment on afterwards so um, i want to talk about the different um types of maintenance and obviously being in this game for for a long time i've seen it all i've seen i've seen companies that um are really reactive and just run everything to fail. Do you know what I mean? And then react to it when it when it does, which is can be very chaotic and very you know time consuming and, and costly when failures do happen. You know what I mean? Uh, I've seen companies really adopt a preventive maintenance strategy where they just replace things, um, you know, without any indication of condition and just do it out of a purely time based interval. Um, which can be effective, but as well, sometimes it can create issues and create problems. And obviously, I've seen companies go from that to a condition-based um, maintenance regime, which is which can be regarded as predictive as well, which is obviously something I'm I'm completely obviously backing. That's obviously the life I live, it's the air I breathe. You know what I mean? It's something that I try to inspire companies to be able to adopt every single day. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think these different techniques, um, to be honest sometimes they're all used and it all depends on what your criticality is in terms of your plant and what types of equipment you've got because every single plant is different every single plant ha runs different processes and every single plant has you know got different equipment so we've got to remember that we've got to keep that in mind one thing you know one one technique here may not work for another company but i always believe that condition base should be used at every plant somewhere you know depending on what they've got because generally um if you are a production or manufacturing plant, you are going to have some critical kit that is critical to your process, that if it did fail, it's going to cause a headache or it's going to cause downtime, which causes, you know, um, lost money. You know what I mean? And uh, that's the thing. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to prevent that and we're trying to be more predictive with that and be able to plan in and be proactive about certain things on on, on your plant. And, and the thing is, I think as well, with, with these different types of maintenance, it is mindset and, and culture as well because I feel like when a certain technique has been used for a long time, it becomes automatic and it, it really becomes like ingrained in the plant and adopting any change after that can be difficult. And that's something that we've not struggled with, but we've always had to be aware of because we may have some great answers and we may have some great solutions in terms of what their setup is. But if if the engineers are not on board, if, you know, the engineers not adopting what we do and understand what we're doing it's very difficult to implement because we need them on board we need them to understand that this is something to help them rather than something that's going to take away their job it's not going to do that it's going to actually help them do a, a better job but i mean without the backing from engineering and the backing from from the fitters and the engineers on shift um it can be difficult to implement because if they don't see it as a priority they're not going to necessarily go ahead and, and do it with with passion and and really try to rectify issues before they do fail because they're they're used to it failing 
and then almost being a hero as well because once they re- once they get a job done quickly it's like oh great job you know you you did that you you did that well so that obviously as well takes away that element as well if it's been pre-planned and it is it takes away that 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 need to replace that item that quickly so reactive maintenance uh, run to fail is where you're running your plant and what you do, you you react to failures that happen. And it's called a run-to-fail method. And to be honest, if your critical kit has is, you know, running in this maintenance way, it is very dangerous as well to your production, to, to everything. And I don't agree with, with reactive run-to-fail. I think it is very... It's unpredictable, you know what I mean? And I think as well, some things won't fail for a while, even with wear. That's the thing with vibration analysis and a lot of people, you know, need to understand as well. We're only measuring the defects. We're not actually measuring, like, when we even get a defect in or a spool in an outer race of a bearing, say, for example, every time that ball hits that spool, it creates impulse, right? And um, the worse that spool gets over time, and once you do get a, a spool or, or, or a defect in a bearing, it does turn into a bit of a snowball effect. It, you know, the, the, the wear rate then increases tenfold. But the thing is about that wear rate, even that spool is getting worse and worse. Our collector, when we're collecting um, vibration enveloping, which is GE or G's or depending on or peak view if you're using Emerson gear, um, it all depends on what gear you're using. But I mean, when, when you're looking at that, that impact related peak, it does become worse and worse over time and when you're testing. But the, the reality is with that, all we're really looking at is the, is the actual impact related spool that's increasing. So... To, to say when that bearing is actually going to fail is very unpredictable. And it, that may be a couple of weeks, which we've seen. It may be one year that may still run and just hold on for dear life. So the actual interval when it does fail, it's very difficult to know exactly when it's going to fail. But we know that when it has a spool, the predictability and the, and the possibility for it to fail does increase massively. And that's what we've got to understand as well, like, with vibration analysis, we are not gurus. You know, we, we don't know exactly when a bearing's going to fail. And anyone that tells you that, um, unfortunately, from my experience, is not giving you a true representation. So, you know, in, in terms of running a reactive plant, it creates a lot of waste of time as well because a lot of a lot of the time what I find in, in a place that's run without any condition-based maintenance or any preventive maintenance that... A lot of the engineers are rushed off their feet all the time trying to react to a lot of the failures on plant, which means they haven't got time to become proactive with the plant as well. And um, there may be a few items on your plant that you do run to fail. So you may have a few conveyors that if did fail, did not affect production or you know doesn't, doesn't affect health and safety or doesn't affect environment. And it's just a throwaway unit that doesn't cost a lot to replace. It wouldn't be worth spending a lot of time you know, like using preventive maintenance, replacing it every single year, or using condition based and monitoring it, which costs money. You know, it all of these all of these different maintenance schemes do cost money when it when it goes from reactive to preventive to condition based. But some items would you know not be wouldn't warrant um having having any condition monitoring on on it or or any preventive maintenance either. So some some depending on what you're looking at, some stuff will you'd regard as a run to fail item. And you'd have spares or standardized. Say, for example, you had ten silos, right? And you could use one, you know, if one failed. And there were small little SEW gearboxes, for example. And they're all standardized as gearboxes. And you had a, you had a couple of spares 
um, for them. Um, and if one failed, it wouldn't it wouldn't disrupt this, you know, production. It wouldn't disrupt um, environmental or health or safety. You'd say, right, th that's a run to fail item. We've got a couple of spares. We can afford to do that. But you have to have that analysis over that before you decide it. Do you know what I mean? And what I find of a lot of reactive um, places where they don't have that discussion and it's just it's just a it's just a free for all of, of stuff that fails and it's just it's it's a horrible place to be. Do you know what I mean? Especially when you're trying to um have have harmony with your maintenance and have something planned. So reactive maintenance, you know, it a run to fail program or regime is only used when it doesn't affect your plant and it doesn't affect your plant. You've got spares as well. So I'd say yeah, that, that's what I would describe as a reactive maintenance. And I would say a lot of companies are still running this way, uh, which is quite surprising, really, you know, especially in the day and age we're in. And, you know, we, we're trying to move, we're trying to, we're trying to obviously inspire people to move out of this place in this phase. And the, the other one I want to talk about is preventative. So uh, PPMs as well um, do become a part of this maintenance scheme where you'll have time-based intervals of um, different, you know, different processes to be able to prevent failure. So um, how I would describe a preventative maintenance structure with like machine assets is that every single year, regardless of the condition of, of, of the machine, you replace it for a brand new unit. So there you, you what, what you're effectively doing is replacing that unit with a new one um, before it has a chance to fail, which is a step further from reactive the thing is with preventative is that I find that engineering failure is quite unpredictable. We don't know when things are going to fail. Um, even brand new units sometimes that are installed can fail within three months. I've seen it happen. Uh, but then sometimes they can run for years upon years and no issues whatsoever, right? So I think it's not really cost effective in the sense that you may be replacing something that is fine and is okay. And you might actually be putting something in that has an issue. <laughs> and this is something that happens quite often. I think, you know, um, they think, Oh no, we'll replace it anyway. Um, there's nothing wrong with the unit. It's fine. And I think that there's that saying as well, if it's not broken, don't touch it or leave it alone. Do you know what I mean? Which is sometimes, you know, it's true, isn't it? You know, why would you, why would you like, agitate something or annoy something if it was okay and it was running in good condition and the thing is with preventative it can it can have advantages because um depending on what machines you've got maybe running at high load and high torque and high speed and there may you know a lot of a lot of different assets you may have may wear quicker than other assets depending on the load or the application of it but preventative i don't think is very cost effective in the sense that you're you're, you're changing stuff that may be okay and you may be creating issues and problems in the future. Do you know what I mean? Um, so when you're just purely changing assets out with no data of understanding why you're doing it, I just don't. I just don't think it's a it's a good strategy. PPMs, of course, you know, I think PPMs need to be done all the time in terms of you know time based intervals of checking equipment and you know, visual inspections are so important as well because um, I still feel like even when we're using condition based maintenance. And, we, and we'll be using vibration analysis or thermal imaging and stuff like that. We're sort of more focused on them elements rather than actually checking guards and checking things. So I, I still think PPMs need to be in place, but they can be really refined once you've got a really good condition-based maintenance like regime in place. You know what I mean? So that's where I would describe uh, 
preventative. And this is where we get onto a condition base. So this is obviously where I live my life. You know what I mean? This is something that I'm, we're doing every single day for the customers we've got. But condition base is where you base the, the maintenance on the condition of the asset. Okay, and there's different ways we can base the condition, which comes down into a subcategory of condition monitoring. And there's different, obviously, services you know we provide and services people provide for understanding the condition, uh, which can be, I mean, I think and the most effective is vibration analysis, where we go and collect vibration data on assets. And generally, we'll have a routine route that will take vibration data on every single month uh, a list of critical assets depending on what assets you've got as well some may be spaced out longer some may be in short intervals um, thermal imaging which is checking the temperature of certain assets so we're checking the temperature of you know potential poor lubrication um, over over overheat and windings um, you know friction and bearings obviously the more friction you get the more heat is generated which we can pick up with thermal imaging ultrasound as well which is an incredible new player in the game I, I find this is very effective where we can actually listen to the race we can listen to bearings we can listen to motors we can listen to to, to anything you know what i mean um as well so um ultrasound is a great great indicator as well as well for lubrication as well we can actually hear uh, a poorly lubricated bearing and when you grease it you can hear the the race engaging the oil film engaging again which is incredible before and after type um, way of, of actually, you know, audibly listening to a defect or, or a change, a state of change. Um, oil sampling as well, which is a great, great predictor as well to understand the condition of the oil. I'd say most gearbox failures that happen are down to poor, poor oil. And if you haven't got an oil, oil, you know, strategy in place in terms of understanding the condition of it uh, and understanding how vital it is to your, you know, gearbox and it's the life of your gearbox. It's the blood. It's the blood of your gearbox, shall we say? You know that carries oxygen around your body. You know what I mean? It's like the blood for us. So if you, if you're not monitoring that properly, and you know you get an issue, you can get a huge problem. And a lot of the time, a lot of companies don't even change the oil, let alone monitor it. So this is you know where I'm talking about. There's a lot of different techniques in condition monitoring that will allow us to create a condition-based maintenance strategy. Okay, so what we're doing really, we're trying to change or base our maintenance around the condition of the kit, which is so much more efficient than just changing it out at a certain time interval without understanding that information or data. But for this to work, you need good data. You need good, reliable data because your work is only good as your data that you actually provide and understand and get. So, uh, you know, this, this strategy can only work when you've got good understanding of the plant and understanding what you're looking at and obviously you need someone who's a specialist in understanding vibration data or um you know thermal imaging and and ultrasound all of the all of the processes really to uh, to really sort of cultivate a new culture of moving forward to a condition-based maintenance strategy where you're changing your strategies in terms of your maintenance based on the condition of your plant and as long as you've got good automated ways of collecting this data efficiently, you can then get to the the real efficient part of, of creating PPMs that really improve the efficiency and reliability of your plant by changing the things that are going to create failure before they happen. Do you know what I mean? And this is really sort of like, it's, it's difficult as well for some plants because when plants are, are just so reactive they're so busy just you know dealing with the processes of the failures every day that it's very hard to be proactive so 
it's very difficult to take a reactive plant straight into condition ba- condition-based maintenance way within like a month or so because it just doesn't happen it's not going to happen you know what you need to do is gradually feed it in and gr- gradually drip feed this this philosophy in over time and gradually what you'll find is that there'll be a cross-off point where you know you can have a bit more time and you you are starting to be more proactive and you're starting to improve the reliability of your plant because you're starting to understand the the vibration data for example where your plants are running not so good or your machinery is not running that well so say for example you had um, a lot of fans on a site and a lot of fans were running out of balance because purely because of product build up on, on your fans until you start to monitor that or you've got someone who actually you know goes around and monitors this information to tell you that you've got imbalances on your fans you know that excessive vibration running in that way is going to create your mower you know to have to, to to fail at some point so if you can increase the longevity of of every single asset you've got just by purely doing something as simple as cleaning the fan which can then be put into a ppm it creates this this massive compound interest in your plant this massive compound effect in your plant where you can start to just do small things that make make big differences but it's the small things that you don't have time for if you're running a reactive plant. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, like how, how can we put the smallest amount of effort in in the most efficient way to create large outputs of reliability? And that's where I think our job comes in, where we say, right, okay, we can be the eyes and ears of the plant by using all our techniques and having having a regular interval where we come a part of the plant, and we all we we come an extension of the engineering. I feel that's how I feel when I'm on site. You know what I mean? Um, and what we do is basically give people the information, point them to the areas where they should focus on, to then really make the plant more proactive and efficient and reliable. Do you know what I mean? And um, once we get into that condition based, like predictive place, and we're doing things really early we can then start to refine the PPMs that you have in place as well. Because say, for example, you've got um, a vibration route where you've got people doing PPMs and visual inspections on, on, on stuff. You know, the vibration analysis that we do is far more advanced and it's going to give us a lot more information than someone going around and feeding, feeding stuff and looking. And, visual- and we become the eyes and ears of that part of the PPM. So then we can actually start to save time in terms of the PPM. And what we can start to do is say, right, okay, how do we, how do we, how can we utilize your time better to be more proactive? Do you know what I mean? In, in other areas, do you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, brilliant. We can have a look at, you know, having a look at strengthening different other areas of the plant as well and using that time more effectively. So then what happens then that the reactive time or, you know, a lot of the PPMs that have been done that don't necessarily need to be done can be used to be more proactive of creating more of a reliable plant. Do you know what I mean? And actually that we can start to look at ways of working as well. So guys, I'm going to stop talking now because I kind of feel like I've, I've just got lost into a vortex. So um, incredible new announcements to make. Thank you so much for everyone coming here. Like, honestly, if you're listening to this, I really appreciate you. Um, please, any feedback, please let me know on LinkedIn. You know, we love doing this. We love doing this. And um, yeah, I, I'd love to know your thoughts. What I'll do is probably run a poll uh, on LinkedIn soon to ask what you would like to discuss as well, I've got some great interviews lined up. I've got a short list of people that 
you know, incredible people in the industry that have had more experience in this than I've probably been alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm really excited to talk to these people as well because there's a lot I can learn. There's a lot of stuff that I'd love to, to, to have a chat about and a lot of questions I'd love to ask. So we're going to start the interviewing process probably by Zoom calls real soon. And what we'll do, we'll put the, the video versions up on YouTube and we'll start a new YouTube channel and we'll obviously have the audio coming through to your ears via this platform as well. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Please keep it locked this week because we're going to start to um, give you more information on how to join up the forum and how to become a part of our reliability community. Um, thank you so much for being here, guys. I hope you all have a great, productive week. <laughs>